following is a Gutterball special presentation. Get pumped up! Long, long one. It's a long one. I like That's a long I'm one. I'm trying to pump you up. Well, pump us both up here. Yeah, it's hard, Brad. Brad, it's hard to get pumped up. I'm glad that you're there for me to help me get pumped I'm up. I'm here. I just want to help you do your best. I know. I appreciate that about you, Brad. You're so a, why, why? You're why a naysayer and a hatchet man in the fight against people not doing their best. I try to be. Yeah, you do a good job at it. So what? So what? What? What's got you down? I feel like the Scars Guardians of the Galaxy have been letting everyone down. Well, the Galaxy could use some extra Scars guarding right now. But maybe it's too much for the Scars Guardians to handle. The Scars Guardians are slow but true. Slow but true. They're a they're a tall blonde Nordic peoples they are they are they're measured and calm but but it you know they can't uh you know they it, it in the end they will prevail but it just takes time they're in the northern climes it's cold up there yes it probably explains the slowness exactly slow moving half frozen but deliberate and dedicated i'd imagine yes, they eventually make it and they eventually pull it all off. It just takes time. So we're going to have to be a little patient and try to keep our spirits about us. Okay. It's just, I feel like we're approaching the point in this movie where it's the dark night of the soul and things can't get any bleaker, but you know they're about to, and it's not actually that point in the movie because you haven't <laughs> reached the midpoint between not the midpoint you haven't reached halfway through that's not even right either listen they've been appearing in these von Trier movies just for this scenario they've been training for these type of hopeless hopeless dark night yet it gets worse yet it's only 10 minutes into the movie type yeah. of situations yeah that's what i'm saying like it's like the third act hasn't even started yet. Like we're probably not even at the midpoint, we're but in it the feels prologue, like it. Baby. Oh my god! We're in the prologue. No, 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 we're not. We are not in the prologue. The inciting incident has happened. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're not in the prologue. Well, nice try. I mean, yeah, I know we're not you're in the prologue. You're exaggerating a little bit. We're in. Like, we could just be, so if we're going to go Star Wars, right, we could just be in the yellow letters scrolling up the screen. See, I don't think or, so. I think I think the last two years, year and a half, was the yellow letters scrolling up the screen. I mean, you never know. You like, never if you're know. in Rogue One, Fuck you, you think, hey, this is the movie. You, you don't realize this isn't even the fucking movie. The movie doesn't even start till after we all die. And Princess Leia takes the plans. That's a side story, though. I don't know if that counts. I, I think we're not mixing metaphors, but whatever the equivalent is to. So you what think we're, doing. Our, we're in the main story? I think we're on Tatooine. We could just be in a prequel. And you know what? You're right. You're right. But I think we're on Tatooine, 
And, you know, Ben Kenobi is saying, look, look at these tracks. They're side by side. You know, sand people ride single file to disguise their numbers. Look at these blast marks. Much too accurate. Only Imperial stormtroopers are that. And first of all, (laughs) no, they're not because they never hit shit. First of all. Second of all, if sand people are so careful about everything, uh, riding single file, wouldn't they be a little better at, like, firing their weapons and have better aim? Whatever. Anyway, that's where I think we are. And we're about to, like, we think it's awful. Like, oh, my God. Look at these poor Jawas getting slaughtered. Who would do this? But we're about to realize. Oh, fuck. But we're still in the movie. We are in the movie, and I would say yeah. Uncle Owen and Aunt Veru, husks, burned out husks, is probably the inciting incident where it's like, at least for Luke's story, it's like, after which you cannot go back, and it is the Skywalker story, so this is the thing that happens that, you know, can't go back. That's where I think we are. We're just before that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I want to see the burned like out husks of Uncle, of Uncle Darth Owen and Aunt Peru. Is like is 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 like yelling at the guards on the on the uh, ship on the rebel ship, and like you know, Princess Leia is like, "I'm a member of the Senate," and he's like, "I don't fucking care, bitch!" <laughs> Bam. <laughs> That's what's happening right now. We're at that point. <sighs> So it's like, oh, there still is a semblance of democracy and decency out there somewhere. And like, like no, this name. is <laughs> right. In, in, this will prevail. And it's like, no, man, we got to protect shit. We're going to keep people motherfucking safe by choking everybody out up in this piece. But he only choked out a guy, at least in that scene you're talking, he only choked out a guy who wouldn't answer his questions. Yeah. Like didn't want to, didn't give him the information that he wanted. He gave him information that he disagreed with and didn't like. So he had a reason. And to be fair, he choked him out with his hand. He wasn't force choking motherfuckers yet. You know? Yeah. Do you think he like augments the power of his hand with the force? I think sometimes it's, it's visceral. Sometimes you just want the visceral sensation of choking a motherfucker out with just your hand. And like maybe maybe that's... Him. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, he grabs him and, like, lifts him up. Is that his, like, bionic strength? Definitely, yeah. He's more machine than man. Yeah. But he also just likes... There is... Like, he does have some sensation. I don't know. Is that... Uh, did he lose both his hands? Does he have both robotic hands? I think he lost them both. He, he lost, lost like both both arms, like both forearms and both legs like at the knee. Yeah, that sucks. Um well, you know, it's like what's his name in the Matrix when he's eating the steak and he's like, I know this isn't a real steak and I'm just sitting around somewhere with wires up my head or whatever. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I like it. And I would rather think I was here all the time, even though I'm not actually here. Doesn't matter. Darth Vader's yeah. like, I just want the... I can look at it. 
I can see it happening, like the bones, the little bones, and them just crushing it and watching the life wink out of his eyes and throwing him down. I think he likes it. I don't think he uses the force to help him out there. Right. Yeah, I'll go with that. But really, from a storytelling perspective, it's probably just better to save that as a little surprise for later. His force joke. Yeah, force joking. Yeah. It's like he was awful enough when he would walk up to you and lift you up and choke you out. But now he doesn't even need to be near you. Terrifying. Did you watch Jessica Jones? Yeah. The baddie, the villain in that movie, right? Yeah. That's kind of a similar thing. It's like, holy fuck, he's a very terrifying villain. Well done villain. He could just make you do whatever he wanted (laughs) you to do. Right. Kind of horrifying. Yeah. Pretty, pretty horrifying. That was a pretty... uh dark show in some ways i know i really liked it yeah very it was good you know i'll watch any of the marvel stuff that's my i don't like you uh know me. i don't like the big uh big muscle muscle bound guy luke cage luke cage i wasn't into that one that one was a little slower yeah. but i ultimately liked it i think i watched three episodes it's like this dude isn't kicking enough ass for me. Right. It's like, I want to see him, like, force choke or just regular choke some people. And he's just being too passive. Yeah. It, well, like I said, it was slow. He definitely uh, he definitely uh, tears some shit up from time uh, to time. Maybe I'll give it another chance. I also didn't like the villains too much. It just seemed like something was half-baked about that show. Oh, like, when the... Like sunglasses wearing guy comes through the kitchen, mm-hmm. like oh yeah. this guy, like this is just like amateurish filmmaking or story. T- it just it wasn't good. There's something off. It's like look how look what a badass he is wearing his sunglasses. Like this is I'm a little bit embarrassed watching this, and you never want to be embarrassed watching something. No, I don't know. I still liked it. All right, well, maybe I'll give but it another I, chance. I don't have the discernment, though. No, you I don't. when it comes you to don't. Marvel, I'm just like, I'll live it. You love it all. You'll live I'll it. I'll live it. You'll live I'll it. I'll live it. <laughs> You're like, uh, I'm trying to keep this in the Star Wars universe or something. You're like the uh, Jedi going to negotiate the trade deal on the ship surrounding the thing with the, with the racist, the first racist... You mean Qui-Gon Jinn? Not the Jedi, who they were talking to. Oh, I'm like one of those people. Yeah, you're like one of those people where it's like, wait a minute, that seems shitty and kind of racially insensitive or culturally insensitive at, at best. Little did we know. Are you saying that we are, that I'm being culturally insensitive? You're not being culturally insensitive. You're mispronouncing words. I'm just trying to relate it. Somehow, okay. but I don't know how to do it. I'm trying to relate it to something that's going on without actually mentioning it, like you, you, mispronouncing words accidentally, like like the current ah, spokesman ah, of the White House. Hey, hey. I'll keep doing that. Uh, I'll talk about him. Oh shit! We've been there. doing so good. Well, now everyone knows what we've been talking about. Fuck. Surprise! Surprise! But you know, if you know what they say, though. What do they say? Who? Who says what? And does the it they, matter anymore? The they. 
Okay. There's a they. You're the they, and that's what they say. Imagine a room full of screens and telephones uh-huh. and social media accounts, and okay. it's just labeled they. All right. And there's a guy in there. That guy is they. Oh. What do they say? But Well, they say <laughs> sometimes... You eat the bar? And sometimes the bar eats you. Well, what else? So, you know, what? So the Scars Guardians are slow. Oh, come on! It's because they're stuck up there. It's frustrating. But do you think a Sars Guardian could help? You wouldn't be limited. I think a Sars Guardian might be warm-blooded. Yeah, so that could help, maybe. Because they're not prone to fluctuations in energy levels based on the externalities of their environment. Right. But is, like, do you think the effectiveness of these various guardians, be they SARS or SCARS, is based in any way on their hotness? And do we have to factor that in to like a SARS Not their guard? temperature, but just how hot they are. No, just their hotness. Yeah, not their temperature, just their hotness. Right. Well, what would you say? Like Stalin versus Peter. Who's oh, hot? Oh, oh, Peter. Come on. Really? You don't think? Or are you being sarcastic? No, no he's he's 20, like two years younger. Once you get up to like. Sure, that gives him an edge up. Like it gives him a leg up. But I don't think enough to completely knock Stalin out of the ring. And we've barely even talked about Alexander. Maybe we should... Mm, but listen. like Peter versus Alexander. Okay. Let's, let's try to calibrate a little bit. <laughs> Peter versus Alexander. Come on. Don't be ridiculous, Brad. I'm How sure Peter you? will be a like perfectly welcome addition to the crew, but don't be ridiculous. Yes. Peter versus Alexander. Well, what about Alexander, though, when he smiles? Wait, he what's wrong with teeth. that? Those goofy teeth come sticking out. He's got goofy teeth? He has teeth? this weird, huge overbite. Well, he doesn't. He tends not to smile. Exactly. That's when have why you ever seen him smile? and shit that don't smile. I mean, even in this picture of him on the toilet in the Arctic outside, he's not smiling. You would think if there was ever a time to smile, it would be then. Like, have you? do you know of an image of him smiling ever? I mean, he's, yeah, he smiles. I've never seen He's like smile. a human. I don't know. I don't think so, Brad. He's a Scar's Guardian. Well, he's also an actor. And actors need to portray different uh, emotions. You know what I mean? Not really. But I do see a image Here, of I'm him gonna... with his, like, lip open. Is this one, is this him smiling? See, you're like, you can't even recognize it as smiling. You're like, oh, it's uh, his lip is open. It's like an alien's first day on this planet, and they've yeah, learned via, how to smile. Via, and... Yeah, via Skype, I just sent you a picture. I see I'll it. link to a picture. Let me look at this thing. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. You found the worst one, didn't you? Is that the worst one? Well, oddly, it's like... For a wallpaper, like I just Googled Alexander Skarsgård smile, and it's like for a wallpaper, like someone thinks it's a big high-res image you can use as your desktop wallpaper. No, see, okay, I'm going to have to, like, walk back my assertion a little bit. Yeah, I like I had never seen this before. When he's smoky, 
and somber and a little sultry. He's pretty damn hot, yeah. but this is not yeah. that great. If he's not smiling, he's like one of the hottest guys on the planet. Actually, looking at this that you just sent me, he kind of looks like that character from the Dick Tracy movie that sucked real bad <laughs> called Little Face. Like, as soon as he smiles, like, his face all occupies a tiny little circle on his skull region. Like, the eyebrows kind of, like, come down on the sides, his eyes wrinkle up, the mouth doesn't get any bigger, everything just kind of contracts in on itself. This is not great. Poor guy doesn't have a good smile. No, he doesn't have a good smile. Look at his fucking hair, though, Brad. Oh, excellent oh, fucking hair. That's good hair. Mm. Excellent everything except for the smile. The facial hair is perfect, you know? It's just like, sort of like casually scrubby, but not like he's trying. He didn't sculpt it, but it's not like... Right. It's not too wild. It's just enough. It's like, oh, you're a man who lives in the Arctic climes. You got steely blue eyes and epic hair. Aren't you handsome? And then he's like, ah, and he smiles. And it's like, fuck you, dude. Oh, no. Oh, come on. Now you're just being ridiculous, Brad. Come on. Oh, that's little, somebody. just a little come on, somebody, fan art. Somebody drew that. Yeah. That's not really a smile either. Oh, no. That's, that's just a cool image, I thought. <laughs> Yo, did you, Brad? Don't you want to tell the truth? He's not smiling. And also... What's up with his right eye? <laughs> What's up? Yeah, the eyes aren't quite. Although I did just say he might be an alien. So, you know, my daughter, you might know her name's Jules, had a great idea. We should have one of the Scars Guardians on the show. But I just realized, like, that's not going to happen. Because <laughs> what if they listen to right. ever? <laughs> Come on so we can mock your smile to your face. <laughs> Don't smile, though. While we're doing it. It won't be that hard. Well, who's the hottest then? I mean, Alexander, even with the even losing the points for the smile, he still wipes the floor with Peter. I just think he has to. Yes, 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 yes. So you're agreeing with me, basically. Yeah. Okay. You were just having a little fun there. I just was trying to I just had to mention the smile pretty much because it's a bizarre thing. Yeah, it is. It's weird how smiling can make a guy less attractive. Like, he just looks, yeah. he looks almost normal, like a normal person somehow. Well, his teeth, if you look, if you find one that's like a profile, his top, he has like an overbite. Like, his top teeth right. stick out so I much s- further. Oh, I see it. It's just weird. And I remember when I first saw this, there was a, it was in an episode of True Blood. Where Alexander Skarsgård, of course, played Eric, the vampire, the hot, broody vampire. And there was an episode where he, like, pretended to be a human for a second to, like, fool a guy. Like, oh, they went that way or whatever, you know? And he, like, kind of, like, smiled and was kind of, like, you know, talking in a dopey voice. Right. Oh, yes, sirree. I think I saw those vampires head down that way, you know? And he, like, gave a smile. I was like, what the fuck was that? And at first it was like, well, is he, like, making a dopey smile to pick, to, like, match the character? He's He's an amazing actor. Look, he can, like, embody somebody so fully. 
he can like and he can he can control his teeth like ps off you know he contort his little like pieces of his lips not just his lips but like different sections of them independently and like push his teeth out like maybe he's on some other level of acting now he's just got a shitty smile (laughs) he has some weird some unfortunate i mean yeah Although, uh, in some of these Skarsgård smiles, it's not quite as bad. I wonder if he eventually... I mean, if I was him, I'd, I'd just get it uh, you know, he'd get it fixed or something. Yeah, you, right? can, you can work those things back you a can, little you bit. You can go to the, the, the surgeon and... Yeah, you can go to your, your tooth guy and get that taken care of. I mean, but let's face it. When he's brooding... Yeah. Hmm. Dreamy. And... According to BuzzFeed, his hotness ranking is 10 scars. So who are we to argue with the authors of Milk Snakes? Right. And Ham Bungalows. And the the, the release of the Trump dossier. Um, hmm, may have missed that I'll one. Just key, I'll just keep working it in. What does that mean? What's that? I don't know what that is. Please tell me about it. The thing, Trump is so, she hates BuzzFeed. Really? Yeah. The that like report that Trump paid prostitutes to pee on the mattress hmm. that Obama once slept in in Russia. Hmm. And all that other stuff and that Vladimir Putin has blackmail on him and all that. Well, that's ridiculous. That was uh BuzzFeed went ahead like other news outlets were just saying like this thing exists. We know that this exists and we know that the intelligence community has vetted the sources of it to say the sources are credible. So their scars guard concern ranking would be at like a six or a seven. Yeah, but then BuzzFeed actually published because the claim, while while the sources were deemed credible, the the actual information was unvetted. How you isn't that? So go figure that out. I right? Don't know. Isn't it the job of the source to vet that? Isn't that why they're a source? Like they go get it. And like well, they I develop guess, a, like their reputation over time or decades well, to be a reliable it. I would source. Say that gets you a certain point, right? You're, you're really splitting hairs at some point. Well, yeah. What I'm saying is, information like, comes from multiple reliable sources. So is that it, then, or do you have to create your own extra spy, train them, send them in, spend twenty years to go and like? reconfirm this information and then it's cool like at what point do we stop here and like at what point is like information reliable well i'm not in the intelligence or counterintelligence business but you're a fucking person who lives on the earth most of the time i can't say exactly how that works it is i've wondered the same thing since this story has come out about this dossier not on the rug Man, at least I'm housebroken. <laughs> Again, so many Lebowski quotes are relevant to this troubled presidency. Listen, Walter, the Scott who peed on my rug, I can't go give him a bill. Oh, boy. Hey, fuck it, dude. You can't let that stuff bring you down, you know? No. Life goes on, man, for most people. For for most for people, most, for most, for most, some of them it goes on, you know, better than others. Yeah, 
Mustaches make food taste better. Buzzfeed, gotta be. That was a short film that Peter Sarsgaard appeared in, apparently, where he played Jorgen, Jorgen, Jorgen. <laughs> That's three organs, Brad. Three organs, yeah. That's most of the major organs in your body, I'd say. Like, maybe not most, but a lot. Well, you have, yeah. Well, his first name is Jorgen. His last name is Jorgen. Jorgen, right. And his nickname is Jorgen. And then, Nick, what about his middle name? So it's like Jorgen, Jorgen in quotes, Jorgen, and Jorgen. See, I wonder what his official middle name is, because at one point, and not a lot of people know this, at one point, Major Major went from Major Major to Major Major Major. Little known fact, oh. he went to Major 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 very briefly. Because it was revealed his middle name was Major, first and last name, I don't even know what, but then he had the rank of Major. Four so majors. Talking about, you're talking about Joseph Heller, Catch-22. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. You haven't read it, but it's worthwhile. You should. I haven't read it, unfortunately. You've dabbled. You've dabbled. I've dabbled. I've, I saw the movie. Oh, right. When they used to play that. Alan Arkin. They used to play what? That movie. Which movie? On the Arts and Entertainment Channel. Did they play it with the uh, Big Lebowski remake, Made for TV, starring <laughs> Steve Coogan and Colm Meany? What? <laughs> I guess not. Didn't catch that not. one, did you? What are you talking about? So, Aija, is that how you pronounce this? Aija Skarsgård? Okay. She only has a nine- now, I may be biased, but especially considering these smiley pics of Alexander that you sent me, I think she okay. goes, to, goes to a 10, and he gets knocked down to like a 7.5 or an 8, honestly. I'd have to, yeah, I, I'd have to f find her again. Well, it's on the BuzzFeed make any more article. Comment. What are you talking about? You don't have yeah, this? Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't have it up. I just really? thought we were going to talk about Peter Skarsgård. We're getting Peter there. Peter Skarsgård. <laughs> we're getting there. Listen, I just sent it to you. It's brief. It's a brief guide. This is the quality journalism that BuzzFeed does. I don't get why people don't just take everything they write at face value. <sighs> the hair. The blue eyes. Yeah, I see it. The pouty lips. Pretty good. A little wafy for my tastes. She's no Alexander, though. Well, let's see her when she's smiling. That's true. Mm -hmm. She's avoiding the smiles, too. I know. So I'm saying. All of them are. Almost yeah. all of them They're are. They're smoky, slow. It takes them a while to smile. They got to get comfortable with it. They know what they're hiding. <sighs> Bad teeth. Small hands. Smell like cabbage. What about... Bill Istvan Gunter Skarsgård. He's got a shirtless pick here. Uh, the black and white picture, it's one, two, three, fourth one down. Look at his chapped lips. He's a guy who's okay with having chapped lips in like a headshot. Like here I am with my lower lip all chapped up. Yeah, maybe they did something. I mean, it's black and white. It's hard to say if it's chapped. Or they just lashed it with a very tiny lash to, like, puff it up. Like, uh... Um, damage it somewhat. Like that whisk I have that I use for sticks and scones. Yes, like they just, used a little... 
Uh, but it's looser. It's looser than it's, they cut it's it off. It's little, like a cat o nine tails. Yeah, well, it's a but I one like inch long. It's a lip whisk. It's a lip whisk. It's that's lip that's whisk. every uh, model's secret. Got to get those puffy lips before that. You let the photographer go click. Right. Lip whisk. I mean, you can either like put a Ziploc bag full of fucking yellow jackets on your face, or it's like just get the lip whisk out. It's like they won't be as puffy. It's okay. I don't want the yellow jacket bag today. They're still a little yeah. sensitive. Listen, beauty hurts. Nobody said it would be easy. It's that simple. It's probably another benefit to living in the uh, Arctic climate. You can shove your face in the ice and the snow after you get lip whisked. You got it. That's why they're so good at this shit. That's why they can persevere. You go to, like, if you search IMDB for Peter Sarsgaard, it's like Peter Sarsgaard, orphan. Yes. And I was like, aw. That's just a movie he was in, though. I don't think he's actually an orphan. He had parents. But okay. it did. It was a little off-putting at first. It was like Peter Sarsgaard, orphan. That's the Peter Sarsgaard. The Sarsgaardian. Oh yeah, he is in them. There was a movie called Orphan. Right, right, right. I didn't see it. Like you were no. mentioning, like all these movies. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. Oh, I wanted to see yeah. that. Oh, I wanted to see that. Oh, I, I didn't either see, wanted like, to see them or I've heard of them. I haven't seen any of these fucking movies. I've seen like. Maybe three out of, like, the 50 movies he's right. in. Let's go through them. All right. movies. The Magnificent well, I, Seven. I don't know if there's the 50. Recent. There might be 40. Oh, we're starting at the most recent. Um, Magnificent Seven. He played Bartholomew Bogue. Well, Escobar is in post-production, but... Yeah, it's in post-production, so I'm going to leave it out, because we have, obviously haven't seen Have that. not seen The Magnificent Seven. Nor have I. There you go. Jackie. Then there's Jackie. And he played, oh, he makes a good Bobby Kennedy, but he'd have to get more hair. He makes a good Bobby Maybe. Kennedy, though. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I, he I would. Put the hair on him. Put the hair I'm on him. I'm looking up what he looked like in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He can do it. He can do it. Um, Haven't seen it, though. No, I haven't seen it. I wouldn't mind seeing that one. No, I'd see it. Magnificent Seven, I Could Take Your Leave, Jackie. Oh, which I is the s- story of Jacqueline Kennedy? I want to see a magnificent. I, I got a soft spot for westerns, though. I've read 110 Louis L'Amour books, so you know, I love me a little western once in a while. Black Mass. I did see that one. You did? Huh. Yeah, I did not. He was good in it. Right. He brought his uh, Sarsgaard essence to that role. Excellent. Uh, more of a Johnny Depp vehicle. Yeah, but he, you know, he was a supporting cast member, obviously. I heard mixed reviews of uh, Johnny Depp's performance in that, uh, or maybe it was mixed reviews of the movie. I don't know. His, I mean, he gets a little Johnny, Johnny Depp-y. Depp man. Yeah. No, did no, he go? That's not what I mean. I just oh. mean he's Johnny Depp. He he's brings good. it. Like Johnny okay. Depp fucking brings it. He gets a little Deppy though sometimes. I mean, he does have. Again, like a lot of makeup and is doing an outrageous character. Right. But he never, it's think, not like he goes full like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or something. I mean, it's not a flipping, what that, what's that fuck's name? <laughs> that other word, Scissorhands fuck. I'm just going to let you sit in it for a little while. <laughs> see what happens. What is that guy's name? I don't know. Who before. is Tim that? Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton, that fuck. So now, 
this isn't the 90s anymore, I guess. You hate Tim Burton now, too? No, I like Tim Burton. I'm just right. being weird. Okay. The Slap TV series. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's kind of weird he was in that. Never heard of it. Have You've heard of that? Oh, I've heard of it. It the made slap? a big splash. Why? Partly because it was so outrageously insane, but also because it was like a big deal in its own way. Is it British, Brad? It was kind of pretentious. Well, no, it aired here in America. Wow. But this was the American version. It was originally Australian, and then they remade it for America. Well, thank goodness. The one thing we know how to do is make shit better than other countries. Yeah. Especially when it comes to entertainment. Yeah, and so the whole thing is, the whole premise is, it's like a ki- it's like a party, like a family party. I want to say it might be like a kid's, like a little kid's birthday party, like a five-year-old or something, six-year-old. And this kid is such a fucking asshole, like such a such a fucking little six-year-old asshole that one of the people at the party just fucking slaps him in the face. And then, then the series is like the fallout from that. Like, can you slap a kid in the face, even if he's an asshole? Um, hmm. guess it it's depends like a weird, on how big of an asshole. It's like a weird, and like, you know, well, maybe if you're the father, you can slap him, but not if you're just the whatever, you know, the aunt's boyfriend or something. I mean, I'm butchering this show. I'm sure. Sure, it's about. sure. This is just what it seems like from outside. But yeah, it generated like they tried to make it like, oh, a special eight episode television event. The slap. Everything changes in one instant. Slap. Like, I don't know. It was kind of so overwrought, the marketing. And it seemed, but it was, I guess, maybe on some level it was good, or at least the Australian version, I guess, was super good. I don't know if the American version, if we Americans fucked it up or what. So anyway, that was the slap. I was surprised he's in it, though, TV thing, you know, making the move to television like that. But I guess it was a, a uh, you know, a special... Eight what, episode What station was event. it on, Brad? Was it uh, like a cable uh, was, channel? Or? No, it was NBC. NBC, huh? Yeah, it definitely suffered from... Uh, NBC-itis? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I never watched it. It just looked like it did, right? Like, I have a hard time <laughs> with anything on a network, in a way. Well, so do I. That's why I was so surprised by Hannibal, because that shit was pretty yeah. good. Every once in a while, they're trying. Yeah. They're yeah. looking there like, AMC, I'm watching you and I'm learning. Right. So you're saying the slap was like, they took like one thing and then just hyper analyzed it to death. Well, it's I guess like, why are whole, you doing that? Why are you spending so much time on this I one get, thing? Well, that's the slap is kind of the inciting element, I guess. But then underneath the slap, I, you know, it the whole entire like family. So the deeper they go, the the more interesting History. it gets, perhaps. Yeah, like, you know, this guy is actually, like, a shitty father, or maybe he's a good father, but he's, like, still, like, having an affair or something. I don't know. There's Yeah, there, there, there's a lot to... It just is a slap, and it's like, well, that's provocative. That man just slapped a child as part of this television program. But then there's lots of ins and outs and what have yous. 
as it continues on for like eight episodes. Hmm. How old was the child? Dude, I don't fucking know. Just guess it. Like the yeah, character. I'm going to F- say 15, the, the 12. No, no, like six. Oh, six. Oh, yeah. Probably not. Yeah. If the kid's like 15, maybe you can give him a slap. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Six. Yeah. That's not doing anything. Sometimes a 15 year old deserves a slap. I'm not saying I would do it, but it's like, hey, you deserve it. Six years old. Come on. They're cavemen. They don't know any better. Yeah, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at it on uh I'm looking at the uh Wikipedia page on the slap and yeah. it does not um doesn't give an age. Doesn't really say how old he is. Hmm. The slap. <laughs> how do you cuz you don't watch TV, right? Right. How'd you hear about the slap? Water cooler talk. Um, it was just mentioned a lot. Like it was where? Well, there was a lot of there's a lot of online ads for it. Where? You know, you'd go to IMDb. I'm and probably you- recording even this podcast back two years ago, and I'm on IMDb. And you know how IMDb does a lot of those like yeah they half pop page up there. ads that come down. So and you have to watch annoying. a little like movie and stuff. Yeah, the, the girl comes crawling out the rings yeah, like, and. Yeah, it like integrates with the page somehow in a weird way. It's like what's happening to my br- Oh, it's just an ad. Yeah, like that, you know, those yeah, they 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 advertised it up and down. I think they advertised it so much that then everyone on social media was talking about it. The then snap. there were like, you know, yeah, and I heard um you know, I ended up reading like Pete like Washington Post is like what the slap tells us about our current fucked up age, you know, <laughs> things like that. Like a once happy family suddenly begins to fall apart following a seemingly minor incident in which a man slaps another couple's misbehaving child. Okay. Yeah, it received a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes with the consensus being that Though the characters verge on stereotypes, they are aptly executed by the slap's bright cast, allowing the show's topical themes to shine through in a provocative, meaningful way. Bright cast. There you go. That's Sarsgaard for you. He's in there. You know, he's probably a significant part of that. Yeah, he's the main... uh, I almost feel like he's one of the... Well, I guess they're all main characters. Sounds like an ensemble show a bit. I mean, Brian Cox is in it. Well, each episode is like follows one of the characters. It's like from one of the characters' point of view. So it's basically Game of Thrones minus the swords and the armor and the dragons and the winter and the wall and Westeros and Daenerys and kings and princes and wilderness, but with Brian Cox. Yes. Okay. Got it. I got it. That could be good. It's like Die Hard in a house or in the suburbs. Yes. Accurate? I didn't see it, but I'm going to go with that. Yes. Oh, I'm going to check it out, I think. I hope it's on Netflix. Um, Lady Grey, Brad. Lady Grey. That's Lady the next Grey. One word. Film? One, yeah, one word. Lady Grey. No, nope, never heard of it. Never heard of it. 2015, Elaine Chouart. Nope. Didn't see it either. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> Experimenter. Yes, Experimenter. You've seen that? No, I oh. haven't heard of it. But I'm guessing, since he plays someone named Milgram, that it's about the Milgram 
experiments. Must be about the Milgram experiments. <laughs> no, seriously, those are like famous. I know those fucking Milgram experiments. <laughs> are they? Wait, are they the series of radical behavior experiments that tested ordinary humans' willingness to obey authority? Yes. Oh, those. You got sh- it. No, I don't know that. Um, but you haven't seen that. I haven't seen that or and heard of it. And obviously you haven't seen mustaches make food taste better where he played Jorgen, 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 Jorgen? Nope. I don't know. Pawn Sacrifice. Nope. Nope. Real Rock Film. That's a TV series. I'm going to assume you have narrator. But yeah, Night, don't night know Moves. It. Nope. Nope. The Killing TV series. Oh, here he is in TV again. I he know. Was in this. I don't think I realized shit. that he was in that. You know that series, too? The yes. Killing? Yes. A police it investigation, was... the saga of a grieving fam- So much grieving. And a Seattle mayoral campaign all interlock after the body of a 17-year-old Rosie Larson is found in the trunk of a submerged car. You know this? Yeah. But you don't have well, again, TV, Brad. Well, it's on Netflix. It's on Amazon. Well, it started on AMC, and then I believe it continued as a Netflix series. Jesus Christ. And watch now on Amazon Video. I can't keep it all straight, Brad. Yeah. So you've seen this show, but no, didn't I've realize he was... It. A- I'm just aware of it. Because it, it had a huge, again, a huge cult following. Um, again, it's a remake of a like you know another show. I believe this was like a European or, I don't know, Danish or something. Danish scum, as you would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Nothing ever changes, like a, Brad. It's like a uh, fucking Danes, um, Claire, and you know, otherwise. it's like a murder mystery with um, I don't know, it's just like a murder mystery with like a like a kidnapping hostage situation well, in a high rise, kind of tacked on. Maybe. All right, I don't know. I get it. Uh, Blue the Jasmine line is it was a killing. He played Dwight, and it had a huge cult following. In Blue Jasmine. Directed Blue by Jasmine. Woody Allen, Kate Blanchett, Alec Baldwin, Peter Sarsgaard. Yes, yes. Blue I, Jasmine. That's the Woody Allen film. That's it. You me. got it. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw that one. I'm embarrassed to say I don't think I've even heard of it. Woody Allen uses the same font. Well. He's like, this is my font. He uses the same of a lot of things, Brad. Yeah. Lovelace. I've heard of that. have not seen it. Directed by Rob Epstein and two of them, Jeffrey Friedman. They're a tandem directing team. It was a tan- direct- directing tandem, yep. Yep. Has, uh, what's her name? Amanda Seyfried. Oh, wh- what's she from? Well, she was originally from Veronica Mars. I don't know her from that. She played the girl that was killed. She's only in dude, flashbacks. Dude, I didn't see the show. No, but it's not a... Uh, Holy Spoiler. shit, she's in Twin Peaks. Oh, because Veronica Mars is about investigating that murder, so it's like, that's like saying yeah. Laura Palmer died. Right, exactly. Okay, gotcha. She's dead when the show starts. Wrapped in and plastic. It's about, yeah. So, so you're know, saying Amanda Seyfried is in... I'm trying to avoid this shit, but yeah, I just saw it. Twin Peaks TV series. Oh, there it is, TV series. I'm trying to avoid so that there crap, we go. man. I don't want to see this stuff. Ugh. <sighs> The she would do well for that. Most, yeah, seems like it. Most I've done is what you sent me. We got that little, little glimpse. Um, I don't know where Mean. Oh, Mean Girls is where I know her from. All right, our, our old uh, 
I don't even know what you call her. Uh, Female person we don't talk about anymore. (laughs) How's that? Yes. Okay, there there we go. Got it. I nailed it. Uh, Very good girl. Wait, mean girls and now very good girls? But but very good girls is Sarsgaard. And not Amanda's safe, safe, safe. I mean, as far as I know, I have no idea who is in this movie. I've never heard of it. Now I got to see if Amanda Seafried's in Very Good Girls and Mean Girls. Richard Dreyfus is in this movie. (laughs) Peter Sarsgaard's like 20 names down the list, too, of this movie. He just did it for, you know, 10 grand. It's like, all right. Yeah. I don't see Amanda Seafried. How do you say it? Can you say it? I don't know exactly how the right Just way to say try. it. Is. Just see, let me say hear Freed. Say say Freed? Yes. See Freed? Say say say. Say you, say me. Say, say together, together naturally. Uh-huh. I think it's more like see see Freed. Yeah, think? it could be. Hey, let us know how you pronounce that. Anybody just leave some audio. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Robot Here. and Frank. No idea. Oh, my God. What? You know this, too? Well, Robin and Frank, I do know, yeah. How? It, it was a movie. It had a. It, it was one of these, like... Brad, you don't watch movies. Again, have not seen it. I do not watch oh, movies. Oh, I, I only watched watch it. trailers for movies. Yeah, okay, you've seen of... Oh, it's got a robot in it. I and wonder it if the robot... robot in it, so do you, you think know, the robot gets harmed? I did want to see it. Yeah, yeah, and Sarsgaard is the robot. I think bad things might happen to this robot, Brad. Well, that's why I haven't watched it, because I can't quite uh, take that chance. It looks very vulnerable, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's looking in the IMDb picture. It's it's shorter than what's-his-name, and it's kind of looking up at him trustingly. Mm -hmm. Like, I trust you. Yes, Frank Langella, yeah. But there's probably going to come a time when... The robot's going to be harmed, and Frank Langelic is like, I can't, I can't do anything to save you. Why, Frank Langella? Why are you letting this happen to me? But I'm not going to let you be hurt. I'll sacrifice myself for you if need be. Well, not to mention, Frank Langella is the one that convinces the robot, the nice, you know, wa- robot wants to fi- follow the rules, convinces the robot to go on a jewel heist with right. him. Do crimes. Gets them in trouble in the first place. Puts them in harm's way. Hey, you're just supposed to take care of me because I'm elderly, but I want to go on one more, uh, you know, for one more mission here. And you're just a robot. Your robot and feelings so robot, aren't real feelings. Out. You know, they don't count the same as my feelings. So you're made out of metal and plastic. And the robot is like, well, I hurt too, Peter- Frank. I hurt too. Well, imagine Peter Sarsgaard's soft voice as the robot. Why was I programmed to feel pain? Like, yeah, I don't think I can watch this movie now, ever. It's like you had a choice. You could have just made me emotionless and without pain, but instead you put these things in me, and now you've put me in a situation where I'm suffering. Why am I suffering, Frank Langella? Help me. What if he's like... He has to, like, you know, do the equivalent of lunging in front of the bullets. And then he's laying there, and Frank Langella has to make a choice, like, do I run away out of the bank and take my one chance to escape while the robot is laying there suffering while the life leaks out of him? Or he can go back and, like, do one good thing, one last good thing. 
with his life. What do you think he would choose? I think he would choose the robot. I don't like know. In real life, Frank Langella would not do that. In this movie, I think he ends up choosing the robot. Because he learned something about caring for other people and being considerate. And there's more important things than stealing jewels. It's taking care of your robot butler. Brad, I want to think that you're right, but here's my counter-argument. I would say if Frank Langella comes back and chooses the robot over his own safety and selfishness, this movie probably would have got more than 7.1 stars on IMDb. It probably would have been like 7.6, because that's what people would be left with. Like, oh my God, so heartbreaking, and like, but he did good. Or maybe that's why it only got 7.1 because he came back it's like you got to leave him and then and then deal with the consequences of your action like al pacino the end of the godfather 2 he's just got to sit there on that park bench the godfather part two is that a movie it's a term of respect and affection given to the head of what they call a family even though they're not all blood related but it's like an organized Crime. I mean, that's so crass to say it like that. But um, and yeah, an organized crime syndicate, if you will. Uh, Cosa Nostra, sometimes known as, um, and the head of this like collection of people who are in businesses that you know, let's face it, are less than legal. Uh, is referred to as the Godfather. Don't tell anybody I told you that. Okay, but, but do they yeah. have robot butlers. No, and that's why it only gets like a 9.2 on IMDb. Yeah. This movie could have had a robot butler. It could have went all the way up to 10. No, 9.4. 9.4. Green Lantern. Never saw it. I did see that one, unfortunately. You did see it. Huh. I mean, you know, it's a superhero movie. Chris Pratt or something in that? No, it's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, he's funny. Isn't he Deadpool? He is Deadpool. Well, that's why in Deadpool they make jokes about it. Oh, see, I didn't get those. Like, don't make my super suit green or well, animated. Didn't get any of those. And things like that, yeah. Bummer. Yeah, it was a really shitty movie. Yeah, like, 5.6. And this is coming from me, who likes all the Marvel movies. Now, yes, this is DC. Well, so DC not, makes shittier movies, except when Christopher Nolan's involved. Yeah, I mean, I'm not into... Or Tim Burton. I, I, I'm interested in superhero movies, but they usually lay, put, you know, uh, let you down. But Marvel, I don't know. I can just go Marvel all day so far. Even if they're not that good, it doesn't matter. They're still kind of good. Night and but day. Green Lantern wasn't any good. Hector Hammond, yeah, he played Sarsgaard. I sent you the picture before of Sarsgaard with the blobby, disfigured head. That is him from this movie. Wait, what? The fan art? No, no, no. That's Skarsgård. Yeah. What's the blobby? Skarsgård. I, I don't have any blobby heads here. I, I sent it on um, iMessage like five hours ago. Oh, really? Stand yeah, by. more like three, probably. Really? Blobby head. Oh, that's him. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wait, that's from Green Lantern? Yeah, yeah. He's like the bad guy in Green Lantern. I figure with a guy looking like that in the movie would have to get more than 5.6 on imdb well the problem is he eventually just turns into like a yellow mist that he has to fight oh see 
Wouldn't it be cool if, like, because he looks like John Merrick, basically, if the villain was John Merrick? Now that, you know, I never thought of putting John Merrick in some of these things. I've often thought of, like, insane crossover events where, like, Agent Cooper could meet Spock and Iron Man. Right. We've talked about these kind of crazy-ass situations before where Dr. J and my like stepdad and Bugs Bunny would all be like at the dinner table. I'd be like, this is fucked up. First of all, Bugs Bunny is not a real thing. Doesn't exist. (laughs) Like he's a drawing. Right. But you never once put John Merrick as a villain in a superhero movie. No, I, that's a great idea though. That's a, I I would call that like a deep cut. He's kind though, Brad, he's kind. And you're never sure if he's actually the villain or not. Well, he wouldn't really be the villain. Of He'd course not. actually root for him. Of course. Of course. All right. I'm writing it down. That's a good one. I'm going to keep that one up the sleeve. Yep. John Merrick as villain hero. Hero. All right. Night and day. With That's night with a K. Don't know it. You just skipped right over Booger Man. Well, but why do that's I? That's okay. It's, it's a... Okay, Saturday Night Live, Booger Man. Yeah. I mean, they say Booger Man. Okay. Booger Man, I don't know. It seems like it's Booger Man. Night and Man. Jay, don't know it. Don't know it. Night and Day, Fitzgerald, don't know it. Uh, oh, shit. Um, Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise are in this movie? Oh. I know. It, now that you say that, I know what movie this is. You know this? James Mangold directed it? Oh, James Mangold directed it. Director of... Logan, the upcoming, speaking of superhero movies. Um, okay, okay. Is I'm that sure the same Mangold? Well, yeah, I Logan. Like, that's the wrong Mangold, No, I it's think. not. Logan, the Wolverine. Oh, yeah, he Day. The, the, okay. <gasps> he directed 310 to Yuma. I'm going to get some shit for this, but that's a really good movie, and so is Walk the Line. That's pretty good. Girl Interrupted. He... Girl Interrupted. Kate and Leopold. Copland. Underrated. I've watched Kate and Leopold front to back. I have not watched Kate and Leopold. It was a... Uh, I don't think. Ironic hotel room watch. Meg Ryan, Hugh Jackman, Liev Schreiber. Okay. English Duke from 1876 is inadvertent... Okay. Let me start over. Me, 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 me. An English Duke from 1876 is inadvertently dragged to modern-day New York, where he falls for a plucky advertising executive. Inadvertently. 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 Inadvertently falls for an adverb. Inadvertently. Dragged. 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 Advert. Dragged. Advertising. Executively. So Hugh Jackman is Leopold here, but then later Manigold went to, they teamed up on Logan. Wolverine. And the Wolverine. Well, wait. Yeah, just on the Wolverine. Wait, Hugh Jackman's not in Logan? Hugh Jackman I- is on Logan, yes. Oh, well, he's teamed up twice then. Three times if you include Kate and Leopold. I meant, yeah, twice after what's called. But yeah, I guess what I'm thinking is, well, but obviously, like, man, I mean, Jackman just plays Wolverine. Like, 
that was already decided even before Kate and Leopold came out. Was it? He was already in X-Men 1. He was before Kate and Leopold? Yeah. Uh, what? When did the first X-Men movie come out? I want to say 2000 or maybe even Christmas of like 1999. That is so fucked up. I had no idea. 2000. Huh. Um, how did you feel about the Wolverine? I know um, we're not talking, we're, we've gone a little yeah. off the rails. We're not talking about Peter Sarsgaard vehicles anymore, but the I haven't Wolverine. watched a lot of like the X-Men canon of films. I have seen the Wolverine. It wasn't great. There was goodness in there. You've seen all of them, right? I've seen all of them. Yes, I've seen all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight films where Hugh Jackman has played Wolverine. Holy shit! And the ninth shit. one will be coming out in March. And you can't wait. <coughs> this looks like they finally are doing it right. <laughs> they took them eight tries, but now they're making a, the good Wolverine movie. Such a struggle with like that tiny bit of moisture dangling in your throat. Like for a large man to struggle against <laughs> something so small, like so, so strongly and vehemently struggle against a tiny little thing. So you're really excited for this Logan business. Like, yes, yes this is how it's supposed to be done. Why is that? Well, I, He's haggard and like angry or something. All I, know, I don't know if it's how it's supposed to be done. I just think the trailers look really good. Well, it looks like a good movie. We'll it has Wolverine in it. Not like, oh, it's just Wolverine. See, I thought the Wolverine was f like, okay. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I don't know a lot about it. I could kind of see like, all right, maybe like Wolverine walking around Japan is a little, uh, not quite jumpy the sharky, but like out of place somehow. Yeah. It was okay, though. I, it was okay. I thought it was okay. The, um... It was one of those Netflix things where, where it's like, fight, like, let me just put it on. All right, fine. Yeah. I was like, all right, fine. And I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, the part at the end where he had to fight, like, the giant Transformer, <laughs> like, that was just so... That, that's where it kind of got too much for me. Wait, it was a... I was, was like, it a, they flubbed the end. Was it a Voltron crossover with... <clears throat> is Voltron... No, it was Ultron. Voltron Marvel? Yeah, well, so is Wolverine. They both are? They're both Marvel, but one is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and one is just the X-Men that doesn't even take place in the universe. Um, where does it take place? I'm so fucking confused. It doesn't take place anywhere. Like, it's problematic for me. How uh, How is Michael Bay involved in all this? He's not. Except perhaps he's the inspiration for a giant silver suit with an old guy in the middle trying to suck out Hugh Jackman's semen or whatever. Okay, but I, like, if you're going to say there's a Voltron X-Men... I don't mean it was literally Voltron. I mean, it was the car Voltron, Okay. Wasn't the Lions? Wait, what's the car Voltron? Oh, that's um. The, there was a Voltron made of cars. That's the one I've been talking about. I think. No, Volt. You weren't talking about the Voltron made out of lions. No, 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 no. 
that's and they're I don't think they're all car no, they are all cars. But they assemble Yeah, they're like space cars. They're space cars they but they assemble into a giant like metal man. Space right. like a metal spaceman. Like but huge. Yeah. Like yes. five times as big as any of the five individual cars. It's not five cars. It's like 30, 40 cars. No, no, that's not right. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about one. You're talking about Devastator, the Transformer. That doesn't sound right either. I think it's Voltron. The Defender of the Universe? I'm not sure if he's good or bad, honestly, Brad. Pidge? I think individually they might be good, but I think when they combine... Shit gets a little out of hand, and they kind of don't know what's going to happen. Well, that's you know? why the goddess had to, like, banish Voltron originally. All right. I'm not talking about that, though. You know that's a different thing. Um, I did send you a little video of Voltron, though. It's more like the one I'm talking about. I did see that. Okay. I wasn't sure. But I you. haven't watched it. I watched like two seconds of it, but See, it like here's the thing, Brad. Out in my headphones, and I had to pause it. Here's the thing, Brad. When you say things like "I did see that," and then you say "I didn't watch it," <laughs> it gets a I little mean, I, slippery again. I mean, I saw that you <laughs> sent it. Okay, I see? didn't mean I saw see? that I watched it. That's like now you I'm saying watching it. I saw Kate and Leopold, but I, I mean, just, I saw it on IMDb. I, I didn't saw watch it of it. <laughs> I saw of it, yeah. No, literally, I did watch Kate and Leopold. It's one of the great things I'm proud of in life. What, see? It comes up a lot. You can ask my wife. You might know her. Her name is Christine. I know her. She is proud of you for watching Kate and Leopold? So, Or she's just proud of you for talking about it all the time that you've seen. We talked about this. Didn't we talk about this? (laughs) Who cares? About the Roebling Bridge. Oh, my God. What? Didn't we talk about the Roebling Bridge on one of the past several hundred episodes of this podcast? Did the, we or did we not? The Roebling? The Roebling Bridge. Okay, how do you spell it? R I uh, it's I want I don't know. R O E E B L I N G maybe. Roebling like that. That's what I'm thinking. Roebling Bridge? But I feel like there's another I don't know anything weird. about weird. That doesn't mean I Was it on your trip out west? No. Okay, I don't it's know. It's from my childhood. No, I, I don't think so. I'm, um, I, I want to hear about it again anyway. All right. So. Um, and how it relates to Voltron. I, I will get to all of that. Well, I'll get to how it relates to Kate and Leopold. So the Roebling Bridge. Step zero. More formally known as Roebling's Delaware Aqueduct is it goes over the Delaware River. By um, Lackawaxen, which Good old is where, Lackawaxen. Yes, you know Lackawaxen. No, I don't. I know the Delaware River, though. I know the Delaware Water Gap because we share some. We do. We have some overlap. Our Venn diagram does overlap geographically, but I'm more like Delaware Water Gap area. So, Roebling. Um, it was a guy. He was a bridge maker, a bridge architect, an engineer. I don't know what you call him. But in essence, he had this idea um, for like a suspension bridge. I think he kind of came up with the idea, 
or maybe not the idea, but he kind of perfected it. He put into practice the idea of a suspension bridge. And this little bridge over the Delaware River was kind of like one of his proof of concepts. Like, look, you can actually build a suspension bridge. He later went on to build the Brooklyn Bridge. Growing up, I heard about this constantly. My, uh, we would very frequently go to the Delaware River, go to Lackawaxen as the point where we would, um, get, we would canoe on the Delaware and Lackawaxen's where we'd get out. And one of the things we'd always see is the Roebling Bridge. And my dad would always say the same story about, oh, this was developed by John Roebling, and he invented suspension bridges, and he went on to build the Brooklyn Bridge, which is a giant suspension bridge in the 1800s, and blah, blah, blah. Here it is. It's historical. It's the Roebling Bridge. Like, he'd tell us the same story, just like kind of like gutter balls. He'd just say the same story every single time we went there, as if no one had ever heard it. So I have the idea of the Roebling Bridge, like, burned into my psyche. as like this very obscure thing that I also assume, like, almost no one would know about. Right? Does any of this ring a bell? You don't know any Roeblings? Anyway. I then, in Kate and Leopold, here we have Leopold, some guy from the 1800s, New York, that gets somehow magically put into our modern time. And he's being, like, shown around the city or whatever, and he sees the Brooklyn Bridge. And he's like, why, it's Roebling's Bridge! He actually built it! And I was like, fuck! I know Roebling! I know what he's talking about! All my life has been in preparation for this moment! I know him! And that's my Roebling story. So... It was a little weird. My dad grew up constantly telling me about Roebling, and then he was just, like, name-dropped in this bizarre uh, Meg Ryan romantic dramedy. So I guess... See, I have some questions about this. Where, like, north-south, geographically, where on the fucking Delaware River is Roebling's Bridge? I mean, I could look it up, I guess. Um, It's by Lackawaxen. Oh... Not that I can explain where that is, but... Um, How old were you when you would canoe down and, like, see this fucking bridge? I don't know. My whole life, really. It's every weekend you're out there going under Roebling's Bridge. This doesn't look like a, a suspension bridge, Brad. Well, the suspension cables are covered... If you go to Wikipedia, actually, they have two pictures. One showing it before Restoration... And the other is showing it now. It's been restored. And, like, the suspension cables are kind of hidden under all that lattice work. Even the, like, the suspension picture of this doesn't look... I guess it is. I guess it is. It's just that there's no columns. Like, the columns holding up the ropes that suspend the bridge are not columns. They're walls, which looks a little weird. Right. But it was, like you said, it's proof of concept. I guess. Yeah. Huh. Fascinating. I need to know where this is. Oh, that's way the fuck up there. That's up by Milford almost, probably. Huh. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's by fucking Milford. Now, my grandfather, you don't know him. His name was Paul. We called him Pop. Had a satellite accounting office in Milford, Pennsylvania. Okay. So I do have some familiarity with Milford. 
And I'm just trying to triangulate between the Roebling Bridge and Milford. But I think Milford's a little farther up. And then this is also up where they used eminent domain to move everybody out. So Roebling Bridge is a little farther north than Milford. Milford is down just south of 84, right on the Delaware, right by the Jersey border. Like it straddles the Delaware, basically. But this looks like where they, the Army Corps of Engineers came in and, you know, moved everybody out. Some people didn't want to move. Eventually they got them all out and they were going to dam off this this part of the river. I'm not sure if it's the Delaware, if it was here or a little farther up, but it was around in this area. And they were going to create, I think, what would have been the largest man-made lake in the state, at least. But then for some reason, I don't remember why, they never did it. So now you can drive through this valley and there's just like abandoned houses everywhere. And it may not be this area, but I know it's like kind of up in this general like nether regions of Pennsylvania, somewhere up in there. It all starts to run together up there. It might have been a little bit farther north. Um, But yeah, Roebling Bridge. I'm trying to look at a map. Yeah. Even if you go to the Lackawaxen Wikipedia page, like that's their claim to fame. Like that's the picture there. Oh, here's a picture of the Roebling Bridge in Lackawaxen. Huh. Um, There was also there, because it was like a... um, No street view on that, though. You got a 360 degree photo, but no street view. There was also there was the Zane Gray house. Brad, this is a single lane bridge. Yeah. So you got to alternate. Well, when he built it, when Roebling built it, it, it was, was an aqueduct. Right. Oh, not even. It was an aqueduct. Right. Right. Yeah. Shit, man. And now it's a single lane bridge. You can drive your car over it, though, according to Wikipedia. I think when I see cars, I was there. Right you couldn't. Well, you couldn't drive over it. I never had the inclination. I don't, like in my mind, it never seemed like you could drive over it. But you know, I was a kid. Maybe I had a weird perception. Oh, I doubt that. Now, what were you going to say? I cut you off. You were going to say something else well, about it. Well, over there in Lackawaxen, in this, like, whatever this was, it's some kind of state park or something, right? That's why we'd go there. Um, you know, and it was a great place to canoe because it had, uh, the water would go pretty fast. Like, not fast, like, dangerous, but it wasn't, like, still, right? It was Fast like enough so you flowing. could be a little lazy with your paddles. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and there would be a little rapid here or there, like, oh, there's some rocks, hold on, whoosh, okay, you know. Right. Um, and they would do a thing where they would release the water from somewhere. Oh, fancy. Like, my dad would call, and like, oh, if they're doing a release, like a release from some dam or something, then you'd have the really good water flow, and that's when you wanted to go. Hmm. But yeah, we'd always go canoeing up there, and... uh yeah, it was the Roebling Bridge, and there was the Zane Gray house. So there was a house there on the river where Zane Gray lived, who I guess is some novelist. Wait, he's a Western some, author. He's the poor man's Louis L'Amour. Do you know him? Yeah. Or did you just Google him? No, I Googled him to make sure, but he no, he's yeah. the poor man's Louis L'Amour. It's like, because I would read Louis L'Amour obsessively. I've read okay. 110 of those books. I don't know if I've told you that recently. 
But then yeah. it's like, oh, here's some read some Zane Gray books. I'm like, Zane Gray, fuck that shit. I read Louis L'Amour. I think I maybe read one of them. And I was like, Riders of the Purple Sage, okay. Yeah. Welcome to Comstock Load, you know? How about the Sackets, assholes? How about yeah. How the West Was Won? Zane Gray. Kind of like, yeah, he's like the B. Well, he was probably the better. Louis L'Amour. He probably was better. I think they were the same, probably, but I was just a Louis L'Amour guy. You were just locked into the Louis L'Amour mindset. Yes, totally. Totally. But no, I knew well, I knew the man. Not yeah. personally. Well, his house. Uh, is I there went to too, his house. I was friends with him. And by that, I so mean he, I just saw his books in a bookstore once. Oh, okay. Don't get it confused. <laughs> yes. No, I knew of him. He was a Western author, so I was in that genre. I let, read some Elmore Leonard, got my Louis L'Amours, and then Zane Gray was how the other half lived. All right. Roebling's Bridge. How does Zane Gray he actually built it? Relate to Roebling's Bridge again? That the Zane Gray house is right next to Roebling's Bridge. Oh, he lived which there. Which are both at the place where we would pull the canoe out of the water when we got like we'd we'd go, we'd get in the canoe. So me and my dad and my brother would get in the canoe and go like whatever, like ten miles, five miles, I don't know, down the river to and then to so there was like one kind of like uh what's the word I'm looking for with a boat where you can uh, steam not a, steam not a dock pump. a bayou a key oh there's a there's a like uh. whatever there was a place where you could put the boat in the water put the canoe in we put the canoe in my mom would then drive to the to you know whatever 10 miles down the river to this other place and then we'd get there we'd pull it out where we pulled it out was Roebling's Bridge and the Zane Gray House. And Father Martin's Natural Spring. That was a little further down the road, but hmm. it was there. So that was that was my childhood. Hmm. Well, good chance that, like, we drove past one another on Route 84 or some shit back it's then. It's weird to think of it that way. Well, here's another thing I think of. Looking around... Be it driving to work or maybe you're on vacation, you're looking around at the scenery, the like highway overpasses, uh, maybe some buildings. Imagine having to choose a physical space to occupy for the rest of time before the universe either, you know, reaches absolute zero or collapses in on itself. But it had to be somewhere that you've seen, like you had to pick a place. You could... Okay. Uh, like, I look at some overpasses. Sometimes there's a nice overpass. There's a little bit of, like, motion going on. There's cars driving by. There's some life. There's some activity, you know? So you, you mean you would, like, be stuck there kind of in some form of stasis? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. You're not visible. You know, nobody can see you. It's just, you know, your essence is there. But it would be forever, essentially. And well, we don't know how long the we don't. Uh, that we overpass don't. is going to really be there in the right. grand scheme of things. That's right. So then you would still be in like occupying that physical space. So you have to like choose very carefully what you're going to do. And do you choose for the short term, the long term, and what are your what's your priority here? 
Do you want to choose for the very short term and be somewhere like you wink out of existence and now you're just occupying this space? You can see around. You you could, you know, look in all directions, 360 degrees, but you can't, like, move to another place. You're occupying, we'll say, like, a two-foot by two-foot by six-foot or seven-foot, in your case, tall, like, you know, cube. Rectangular solid. Rectangular solid. Thank you. You could choose a place where maybe you could see people you know for a little while. It would seem like a long time at first. But it'll be like a little thrill. It's like, oh, there's someone I know. That's a little joy. That's a little squirt of dopamine. Look, I know them. Well, if it's like the overpass, you can like pay close enough attention. You can see the same people every day, like going over it on their way to work and coming back. It would be so familiar, you know, it'd be nice. But how long would that last? 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, maybe if you're lucky. Eventually, all the people that you know are dead. Uh, that overpass might be gone. There might not be roads anymore. I mean, Roebling's Bridge has been there for, uh, I guess, not quite 200 years. Grand scheme of things, 150. 70-some. 1876? Or is it? No. Oh, right. It was earlier than that. All right. So even if it's 200 years, like grand scheme of things, that's not too much. So then do you choose some place where you have, like, more of an epic view of like a wide swath of the earth, like on the top, like you're not, you're not going to feel cold. You're not going to die of coldness or lack of oxygen. So you could choose like, we'll give it like a 200 mile, you know, uh, ceiling above the surface of the earth. You could be anywhere in there or do you, you know, maybe you go up in space so you can get a broader view. Maybe that's more interesting. Where do you go? Where do you go? What would you choose? You're looking at the same shit every day. You could be at the bottom of the ocean, like our Second Life characters, I think, are still down there underwater somewhere, probably. Mine is, anyway. This is quite a puzzle. Well? I mean... The fish are going to be around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I think I would want to pick some kind of urban area. But it's not going to last Just for the forever. most stimulation. But maybe that's not good. Maybe it is good. Well, I mean... You're going to be there for, <laughs> like... What, billions of years until the sun expands into a red giant and envelops the Earth? And But then I can be done. I don't have to be within the sun. E, I think for the purposes of this thought experiment, yeah, I think you're done <laughs> okay. then. Like, um, maybe you don't have to wait until the universe collapses on itself. You could just wait for the sun to go supernova or something, and then you're done. So the... Although it would be cool to be inside the sun as it goes supernova. I mean, I could just cut to the chase and start being in the sun if I can pick anywhere. <laughs> Maybe. And wait it out from within the sun. We're breaking the 200-mile rule, though. I want to keep it... Oh, that's right. Know, I forgot. I it has keep to be a place I've been. Reasonable. Yeah, okay. Um, well, it, yeah. It does have to I be mean, a place you've been. I want to but... pick... Well, so right now, in my mind, I've willed it down to between, like, do I want to pick, like, an urban area... Where there'd be lots of activity, at least I could have stimulation looking and watching at stuff happening. Or would that just be torturous? Tur- torch, tor- tor- torturous. Tortugas. And would I rather be like in some kind of super placid, like nature scene where there aren't any really people or anything where I can just be like, okay, I'm going to like kind of embrace this and watch the seasons change and that's going to be like. 
you know, since I'm going to be doing this for millions of years, is this just kind of like what I, what I, I need to adjust my pace a little bit. That's the question. It's hard to say. Because you could choose the urban area, not even urban, but like just stuff with, you know, human movement going around. And that would, let's face it, no matter where you go, you're going to be there for long enough that you will see these epic changes happen to the earth. You know, the landscape crumbling and heaving, glaciers coming and going. You're going to get all that kind of stuff no matter where you are. So maybe it's best to choose a more populated area so you get the short term and the long term. Yeah. But why tease yourself then? Just go to the bottom of the ocean and once in a while, like some weird ass fucking shark or like light dangling off its face fish swims by, you know, every year or two. Mm -hmm. Oh, holy shit. Look at that. That was a thrill. Take it easy. Take it easy. I don't know. I think it's hard to see beyond our tiny little lives. Like, it's easy to just choose the the human area. Well, we would still be human in some way. In some way. We'd have the human memories and the human perception, I guess. But we wouldn't have any of the physical body of a human. I'm just going to pick the Roebling Bridge in Lackawaxen. All right, we can stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>